You ever go to that subreddit? All for, right. For, forbidden snacks. Oh forbidden man. Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like What's it's that? it's like forbidden snacks. It's like stuff that you want to eat but you're not allowed to eat. That's how I feel about that. It's just a weird thing <laughs> to drop in on and go live. <laughs> you're not allowed to That's eat. That's the best snacks. when when right. people join us oh, live no. completely it's out better. of context. It's yeah. better you have to turn it to the audience. So if you're in the audience watching this, please comment your favorite forbidden snack. some really horrible places. Because yeah. uh, you know there's someone in the audience that's like, toes. <laughs> <laughs> what about Play-Doh? I feel like Play-Doh always looks so appetizing. It is. It's made out of flour mostly. You can it, eat it, right? You, yeah. You're not supposed to. What? It's, it's like to. raw fla- it's raw flour. Like yeah, you're, not, you're not supposed to eat Play-Doh. Wow, this is news to me, Wade. As, some, as, someone, who's, as someone who's ate Play-Doh, let me tell you, you this should is, not. This is why you come to this news show. Breaking news, you should not eat Play-Doh. <laughs> That's it, everybody. Thank you. Thermal paste. Oh yeah, <laughs> thermal paste does look good. It's like it's like a You'll weird cool- yeah, you'll cool weird. down too as you eat it, right? That's like that's how it <laughs> Don't like, if you ever burn the roof of your mouth, just smear thermal paste all over. <laughs> yeah. it. A forbidden snack. Like what does it mean, forbidden? Well, Gwen, that's up to you now, isn't it? For <laughs> <laughs> interpretation. I mean, there yeah. was that guy that ate like an entire Cessna airplane, so it can, it can uh, be it can be forbidden, and you still eat it. Was his name? I, I was his name Jeremy. Uh, mine is V8 because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the country that drinks that stuff, like the 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 oh, low man. sodium V8. Are you really? I I, I like V8s, but huh. I just never buy them. Like I don't know anyone over the age of like 30. Or like, who didn't I tell you V8s? guys the story about my V8 addiction though? No. no, I never heard this one. So when I was at uh, DerbyCon, they always like to ice you, and I stopped drinking a number of years ago, and they try to ice me, and the backup was lukewarm, spicy, hot V8. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, you got to drink this now. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Mm, mm, that's good. I mean, another one. And I loved it. Oh, no. gonna- oh, oh ASMR. Oh, drinking. Oh, John wow. drinking ASMR. John's slowly working through all the kinks on this new show. First, the toes, now this. <laughs> <laughs> V8 does not taste good coming back up through my sinuses. You ate it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security talking about news. And this is as near as I can tell. It's one of those it's one of those episodes. It's now time for a very important episode of Black Hills Information Security talking about news. Everything is compromised freaking everywhere. Um, our news stories today are just like like breaches are raining from the sky. And you know it's going to be a great show whenever somebody, whenever the EFF is referencing Jerry Bantham in their write-ups, which is just cool. So if you wrote that article from the EFF, I got that reference. Um, and I'm going to talk about that reference when we get there. But I am joined by my illustrious cast, um, just a group of great people that will soon jump on screen with all of us. Uh, we've got Ryan, who makes us just like look and sound just 
amazing. I am joined by Noah, who actually, I like the color correction. I think he nailed it. Uh, he got the color correction. And the rest of us, honestly, can try harder. Um, Chris is joining us. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, Mike, who's here like all the time. We appreciate it. Um, Ian and the five Muppets that make up Ian are also present. Corey, um, who's like, you know, the co-host. And we also are joined, everybody, by Wade's mustache, uh, which coincidentally has brought Wade along as well, which I think is just fantastic. By the way, that is epic. Do you do that? So if you get pulled over by like the highway patrol, they like roll up to the side of your car and they're like, you one of us, man. You one of us. I'm hoping for that moment one day. I've, I've already been asked if I'm a cop once and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, you're you're waiting but, for your McLovin moment oh, where yeah. they take you out and they drive you around. And you go shooting cans, and you're like, "These are my people." It's the dream. He does look fresh out of police academy. This is like the geekiest version of the YMCA, or what is it? Uh, the Village People, right now, an Infotech Village People <laughs> going on at the moment. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and let's get rolling. I my 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 lead off story. I want to talk about, and here's the deal. While we're reading through this. I want everybody to say pause whenever they can have a witty comeback for this particular article. This is China accuses the US of tens of thousands of cyber attacks. And I want to, this is a game and I want to show you guys and explain to you how this game works while I'm reading it. If you can think of a witty, like snapback or a burn based on that previous uh, paragraph, you just stop and then we have the witty burn. Mine is China accuses the US of tens of thousands of cyber attacks and I would respond with, I didn't know China was that bad at math. Um, <laughs> I was going to say they're missing, they're, they're missing a lot there. Those they're are rookie numbers, right? All right. Yeah. So Washington has accused Beijing of cyber attacks against U.S. businesses. Anytime you want to stop me, just stop me. And I will drop some in here as well. Businesses and government agencies, one of the issues over which is ties to two powers, have nosedive in recent years. I also heard that water's wet. I also heard that water is wet. Excellent. When did we finally China play the Uno reverse card? Just they finally played the Uno. <laughs> you guys are getting it right off the bat. China has consistently denied the claims and in turn lashed out against alleged U.S. cyber espionage or espionage, but has rarely made public disclosures of specific attacks. Because yeah, they don't denial see is re Denial's a river in Egypt. They got the wrong country. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But a report released on Monday by the National Computer Virus Emergency Response Center, also known as CERVERC, accused the U.S. National Security Agency of carrying out tens of thousands of the malicious attacks in their network targeting uh, China in recent years. Also known as NMAP. Did they, wait, hold on. What is Cerverk? What is is did, did, did they make this? Did they make up Cerverk for a press release? Like, has they anyone did. heard of this they before? Did. It's Cerverk, I think, is their uh, cert in China. Oh, okay. All right. Now, this next wait, one I got. Why would the Chinese name it English names, though? Shouldn't it be like. I don't know. It's yeah, probably matches? a lot cooler in Chinese. All right. We all know it. Yeah, it's, it's probably like, a lot cooler. It's probably called like Lashing Dragon. Death Team. Oh, no, no. It's like super happy, fun time computer emergency. Come on. It specifically accused the NSA's Office of Taylor Access Operations of infiltrating Northwestern Polytechnical University in the city of Xi'an. Now, I'm going to shoot back at that one and say. No, it didn't, because if it was TAO, you wouldn't have caught them. Um, the university is funded by China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology and specialized in aeronautical and space research. 
come on, this one's a T-ball. You guys got this one. Well, well, first off, that division is a subdivision of the reverse engineering portion of innovation. I was going to say, did, did we break in to steal back the Saturn V design? We're like, actually, hold on. We lost this because we defunded NASA, so we're just going to hack back in and take it back because we forgot how to build rockets. The China That's called a backup, Corey. A backups in China. restoring from backup. <laughs> restoring so from awesome. backup. Hold on, where's, where are the backups at? Oh, we're at this university in China. We actually lost access. They, we'll get it. they took it. We gave it to them so they'd keep it safe for us. <laughs> they accused the TAO of stealing over 140 gigs of high-value data in recent years and received assistance from groups in Europe, Southeast Asia, and Cervic said in the report, which was co-authored by the private cyber firm in China called Kuaihu 360. Oh, I think um, they actually make my cameras. There is no such that thing as a private Chinese cybersecurity <laughs> firm. They're just all the Chinese government. Correct. Just like Israeli companies are not Israeli private companies, but ran by Israel. Very good. Excellent. Uh, the foreign ministry in Beijing on Monday condemned the alleged attack, saying it seriously endangers China's national security and users' personal data security. Just let Stop that keeping your user personal soak, data inside of your university in. servers. Yeah, it, it, and like your personal, rocket. Like, when did China get care about people's privacy in China unless they were a bunch of Uyghurs in a camp? Well, no, they've been very, they've, they've been very like, respectful of people's privacy if they oppose the government. Yeah, and they don't want their information getting out. It depends right. on your social score, right? If you if you score a ten, right. you're you're you get a little privacy. You don't get watched while you go poop. But if you oh, score right. a five, like, oh, you're. Did they steal? Did, I'm sorry. Did they like? Did they copycat press releases accusing other countries of things? Like, is that? I think they did. <laughs> actually, but they like. Wait, they, is this the part where we reference a private security firm in their investigation? <laughs> they're, they're like, we need to make one of those. Someone go make one of those so we can reference it. <laughs> Lyle. Lyle's going political in the comments. He's like, how very Hillary Hillary Clinton. Look. Glass houses, dude. Glass houses. We're not going to go down politics. Don't drink us down. Also, this- you're a dog, so you shouldn't you be like wolfing? On the internet, nobody knows you're a dog, so it's cool. Uh, The dogs dogs are getting political. What do we do? Yeah, so we try we try to go. They score pretty high on the social economical scores. But I I think that's enough. But what a funny story! I I think kind of nailed it. You guys nailed it with. It looks like a template, like an absolute template on exactly how you call out. Cyber AI. It's got to be AI written. They just fed it all the security <laughs> accusations. Speaking of AI, it's Bronwyn, who looks like a dead Jedi in her It looks awesome. You look like you look like you're at the end of a Star Wars movie to give us the advice that we should have had two hours prior in the movie. Use the force, John. <laughs> Should I, should I go get my lightsaber? Yes! Let's complete it. Yeah. Okay. We got Jedi okay. Braun with his power of Elon Musk's satellite technology. There she goes. She's going for it. How long do you think till China like puts a ban on some person coming in for hacking? Like how we have like... I'm sure I'm already banned. <laughs> John, yeah, for, for, the, for, this, for this alone, this newscast... <laughs> But. Yeah, this alone right here. But I saw the Olympics in Beijing, and I'm just going to tell you, it wasn't a very good brochure for that country. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I want to go there. No, no. 
Um, I, actually, I don't even think I can go to China anyway uh, for other reasons. For what you said five minutes ago. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should, yeah, so, was, John John and, she brought, and she brought Chewbacca as well. <laughs> There's the hologram of Bronwyn there. We're set. <laughs> this just made my day. Same pixel. Now, right? Bronwyn, if you could make your dog go... <laughs> um, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. That well Sorry. <laughs> so, next story. Speaking of countries, I can never go to. Uh, this is a Newsweek article, which is weird because Newsweek very rarely has good news. Um, apparently, hackers are honey trapping Russian troops into sharing their location, and their bases are promptly bombed. This is a uh, this is a play wow. straight out of the deception class. I'm just saying, right? Like, oh, for <laughs> sure. What are they, are they right, using? Because it's right in that section of slides where I'm like, you know, use sex so you can bomb people. Oh, yeah. they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it with conventionally attractive women. I like how that. Yeah, is it like yeah. on Tinder? It's like, where are you at? Let's meet up. Oh, I'm at the military base. What? Not a problem. Just tell me. What's the <laughs> yeah. oh, where's that at? What? What? The just tell me the exact coordinates and azimuth. What, and, it, and it's funny because there's actually Take a picture a quote. of the sky. <laughs> there's actually a quote right here from uh, uh, Kinish, um, one of the people in Ukraine that's doing this. He basically just said the Russians, they always want to F beep. Um, they send a lot of they send a lot of shit to girls to prove that they are warriors, including their locations, <laughs> including their locations. Wow. Oh, man. I, I mean, look, this. Uh, yeah, Corey, was it you that said that it felt like like this was months ago? You felt like the Ukrainian war was like Looney Tunes, <laughs> like you're just waiting for drones to drop anvils out of the sky. Yes, well, they that, this is the next step. Now it's like literally, this might as well just say Ukraine would like to know your location. Approve, Corey. You already had it. it it's literally it's the, the air whole Bugs Bunny dressed up as as the Lady Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Right. It's the whole. You got the whole thing. We we found these air tags on the tanks. What do we do with them now? You know, they're just everywhere. Like <laughs> someone keeps putting. Put them, put them. You know what? I want to create a meme that's an air tag. Dear Russian soldiers, if you find this, put it in your boot for luck. <laughs> um, but this oh. is so. But it is. Do you think that psyops is this bad? Or OPSEC is this bad for every military? Or is it just that the level of quality of the Russians that are in the military right now is this poor? It's that bad. I think it's both. I think it's a modern war, right? Like we haven't really seen a modern war where everyone has the power of computing and communication in their hand yet to this level, right? Mm-hmm. Where where technology is working, all right? Unlike yes. where technology the, is working. Well, unlike the Middle yep. East where there's not going to be cell towers as much, but here everyone's up to par. I think that's one of the big things that we're missing as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say anytime you have the lowest common denominator so to speak is responsible for physical security, you're going to have gaps. And we've seen this not just in war but in everywhere. If you rely on every employee to secure the building, the building isn't secured. You have to like you can't do that. It's your 5 so, minutes to watch the robot. <laughs> There was that whole issue with with the U.S. DOD not that long ago that folks mm-hmm. would go and run around the bases, and this was back when Fitbit yeah. <laughs> would publicly put your data up. It was like, mm-hmm. that's weird. There's this place in the middle of the desert where people just run in a circles. heat map. Yeah, yeah, a heat yeah. map. Huh. Yep. You know, yeah, that was that was the Strava. Interesting how that works. Strava is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. 
Unless you are trying to hide your secret military base. <laughs> Less awesome. Well, it, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're trying to hide. So, and I also feel really horrible because I think that this goes into a user awareness. Like there's got to be a lesson to be learned here um, as I'm waiting for the Jedi nitrous uh, to bring it out. <laughs> there's got to be a lesson to be learned here. And one of those things is training people, right? Right. Like, you know that the troops that are doing this, they're literally getting two weeks of training and they're getting loaded up. And mm-hmm. they're getting shipped off to Ukraine. They think that everything's going to be just fine. And seriously, it, it's just they're not they're not preparing these people well enough for what they're going into. No, and I think it's it's basically hard to train people. Everything you do with your cell phone is the enemy's property after it leaves your cell phone, basically. Like, you know, and then that's it's a tough dynamic to get across. Like, oh, this picture has geolocation information. Oh, someone can just ask where I'm at, or like the crazy depth that the internet can go to to find where someone is based on pictures or other things. Like there's there's that documentary about like don't mess with cats or whatever, where like a guy was abusing cats and taking pictures of them and posting them and people were like they like looked out the window and saw like a certain tree and they were like we found the zip code where this guy lives and like they just it's crazy how in depth it can go like we've seen it with uh csam like people will take like a photo and in the background they'll like identify a certain radio that was like only sold in a certain area like it's crazy how much data what? is there to there, dig through there was that one where i think shia labeouf put a flag up Right or something, right. and then yeah. they it was just looking at the flag in the sky, and people yep. are able to track it down via the contrails of airplanes and which way they're. Or the then, contrails of airplanes, or like yeah. the stars, like and it's then just- they hiked out there and pulled it down. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> which I'm just gonna say, like I don't I remember what was on the flag or anything, but total a hole move, and I think it's brilliantly funny at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, but the the point is, if you're a Russian soldier, the training is like, don't do anything to anyone for any reason ever. Like it's like, yeah. you know, if you have incredibly attractive women that are talking to you, remember you're a backwoods redneck Russian missing all of your teeth. But they're in my it's area. It says they're in my area. Somewhere are they in the barn or like and ready to mingle? <laughs> Hot singles in forward operating base. They I said they'll the give forward me forward operating. They'll I don't even think said the term that. is okay, in your area anymore. It should be in within strike distance. What Bronwyn? <laughs> that should be the term. Within Bronwyn, hot singles within strike distance of your location. Right. <laughs> now the bit about your phone telling everybody everything about you is also great for conspiracy theorists who think that if they get vaccinated, they're going to be chipped. It's like Good the point. government doesn't need to chip you. They already know everybody could possibly want to know because of your phone. Speaking of crazy ass conspiracy theories, let's talk about the EFF article, Fog Data Science. Oh, Oh, did did, did you all read this? Not yet. No, this is like the one I haven't read. (laughs) I'm very scared. So this one has the Jerry Bantham uh, reference, and I want to see if anybody in the audience can find the Jerry Bantham reference in this particular article. So there's a bunch of firms out there that are that are basically collecting all kinds of geolocation information. And this is just another company that is hooking into just crazy amounts of data. And you can search for specific devices. You can do searches on specific locations. Once you get that location, you can get a full pattern of life for the devices and the people. 
So it can show things like where the device owner sleeps, where they work, where they study, where they worship, any of their associates. And they can also pull anonymous devices back to individuals as well. And you know, th- once again, I think Bronwyn absolutely nailed it. People are all worried that you're going to get chipped by Bill Gates whenever you're literally carrying around a mass surveillance device out there. And what are they saying? Fog Data Science's proprietary platform has been architected with massive scale in mind and provides predictive analytics and near real-time insights on how people go about their daily lives. 250 million devices each month, 15 billion location signals each day, 10 million fenced points of interest, 1 million daily events, US and international data. So there's all these different data brokers that exist out there. And like, if you're looking at things like Twitter, you're looking at ad data, you're looking at Facebook, all of these different groups will sell subsets of data to various organizations for the right amount of money. Um, This is very similar to what we saw with the Cambridge Analytica stuff uh, moving up to the election in 2016 and how they were actually able to utilize ads and see how those would spread and then basically pull and correlate that data and come up with really, really targeted profile um, advertisements for those people as it related to um, as it related to political ads. So this is just yet another company that has this. And I think what's interesting is this isn't just an issue for law enforcement. I mean, this stuff can be used in a wide variety of different things, anywhere from law enforcement, of course, defense contractors, and also looking at advertisements, um, like very targeted political ads in specific geolocations. Um, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous the amount of information that we give away constantly. And we've talked about it on this show a lot. And I kind of want to open this up. How like this is an area of security. I think it absolutely is, but. One of the things I've wanted to ask is kind of a different way of looking at it is this is something we're not testing, right? It's And when we're testing, we're testing access. Can we hack into it? But I don't think there's anyone testing saying, what is all the horrific things that can be done with this level of data? We're not asking those questions. And how the hell do we get to that point if things aren't tested? Sparks flying. Can they please <laughs> tell me when a truck needs an oil change? But I don't know. How do we end up testing these things? I don't know how we end up testing them, but I will say... It is an unfortunate truth that many of the largest organizations that have the type and scale data that can be used for the type of data science they're talking about, inevitably you hear some news story about them firing their ethics team or firing, there was a, it's not listed in here, but there was a a story recently about all the ethics and innovation folks at Facebook being dismantled, like when trusted uh, trusted computing was dismantled at Microsoft and spread over. And it seems like every time these organizations say, hey, maybe we should think about how this data we have could be weaponized, that I have a feeling some meeting happens and they go, oh yeah, we're we're not going to explore that further. We're just going to kick that off. So where does it even come from? Where does all this data come from? You can can actually pay, well, there's a bunch of points where they actually get the data, but whenever you're getting into like, I don't know if I should sh- share my screen, probably give too much information away, but you can get an account someplace like TransUnion. And TransUnion, we sometimes use this on our tests, right? We can put in a name, put in a location like a city, find an individual, and for $5, we can get their credit card information, their license plates, all of their loans. Um, with their license plates, you can see if that license plate was seen by any traffic cameras in cities. So you have cities that have traffic cameras and they're collecting money from people running red lights. 
But then they're also selling that data to data brokers. You have financial institutions that you have a loan with. They're making money off of you for that loan, but then they're also selling that information off the back end as well. Phone companies, cell phone companies are making money off of selling your data and these large brokers basically then take all of this data or they take the data from the brokers and then aggregators pull all that data into a single single platform. So it really comes from anywhere that anybody can track anything about you, which is almost everything. They're selling it out the ass end to a whole bunch of data aggregators and data brokers as well. Okay. So, so. it's monetizing what they already have. I think this comes down to do a two-part uh, question is number one, how do we figure out or think about the worst case scenarios? And there, there's an answer, and that's watch the conspiracy theorists. They yeah. always have that worst case scenario. The harder question is how do we test it ourselves? Exactly. And that's where that's where it gets confusing, and that's where some of the ethics might come in, because mm-hmm. maybe the only way of doing it is by purchasing some of the data ourselves. Well, and if you remember, Stephen Colbert did that. Remember, Stephen Colbert did that. He actually posted an ad, put it out, and then like I can't remember, it was like some like like uh, erotic fan fiction by Ted Cruz or something like that, and a whole bunch of people in DC clicked on that ad. Right? I mean, that literally happened. I I did that that video. Uh, So for those who are interested in that, like go check the video out in Discord. But I did link it. Where yeah, he, where he, did that. he ran three ads, uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, and the but New so, York Times did a story not that long ago about the cell tower data and being able to mm-hmm. track who is coming in and out of the White House and approx- approximations within the executive mm-hmm. branch of where they actually were and how often they were there, and that was and, all from public data. And so no, what's interesting is that data has to, so what's interesting is from a legal perspective, you have signaling versus content data. Uh, when you're looking at the United States and you're looking specifically at law enforcement and even military to a lesser extent, signaling data is data that is required to allow things to go from point A to point B. So if you're looking at cell phone data, your location is something that you have to give publicly because it has to route it from tower to tower to tower, drop down into an IP network, go to another set of towers to find that other person. So you have no reasonable expectation of privacy for that because it has to be routed. Same thing with TCP IP header information. TCP IP header data, you have no right to privacy over because you make it public. And all of this goes back to Supreme Court decisions back in the 60s about envelopes and how the data that you put on an envelope, source, destination, address, that is not data that you have You have no right to privacy because it's required for it to get routed from one point to another. Call data, if you plug into a, a, like a regular old phone back in the old days, you had no right to privacy of this phone number called this phone number for this period of time because you have to give up that data for the phone to freaking work. So it's interesting because we have these dilemmas as far as being able to track people, track individuals, but there's very little like recourse or protection on that data because of the legal statutes that are basing it on an envelope. Well, it's not, they say it's not personally identifiable information. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I assume that's mm, totally not true. Not that, identifiable. That, that's what the, yeah, that's what they're, um, I, I don't know specifically what, um, and, and to your greater question, John, how do we test it? We, we get a license. I mean, we were like, dude, I, let's do it. I mean, let's see All what right. we can do with it. I mean, let's it's that it simple. Happen. Corey, we got it. We got an R and D project. Yeah. Um, easy. 
but let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah, I mean, and I think when you start demonstrating, like VHIS used a data broker to purchase the exact location of this employee's house, sent them a USB stick, they plugged it into their workstation. Now people are like, well, what? <laughs> what did you do? Like, now that's <laughs> crossing a line. At that I, point, I have right? problems with thinking about this and then explain it without going purely evil and without also like sounding like a tinfoil hat. Like, how do I logically talk about this without being like, oh yeah, I could use this to track people. And then, or like, imagine, so if, if going off the deep end, if this, I guess this is like Pegasus, imagine imagine if a mafia bought this or a cartel bought that data. They are. They are. They are exactly right now. I'm this, but I don't want to sound like an alarmist or Nick or tinfoil hat wearing. Then you just hire a data analyst on some part-time job and say, Hey, this is the exact (laughs) Mac address. Give me but, everything, and then boom! Like it, well, it can we, get really we, messy really this, quick. But we've talked about this in previous shows, right? Like we talked about the NSO group, and I think that they're kind of the equivalent. I don't want to say a worst case scenario, but one of the worst case scenarios where you have a group that is hooked in with ad data, backed by a nation <laughs> state that can utilize this to deliver targeted ads to specific devices and individuals with zero click exploits, and once again. No oversight, no testing. They're, like you don't see a lot of DEFCON and Black Hat talks where people are like, well, we just cracked the lid on this thing to see how bad it was from a security perspective. We're not seeing that. And if, if it's not being tested, and that's one of my major concerns, and this goes back to a lot of us that do offensive stuff, there's a ton of organizations and even large organizations with deep pockets who they bring us in and they say, hey, we want you to test this. We've never had anybody test it before. And every time it is a freaking dumpster fire uh, because it's never been looked at. And I can only imagine, like, especially after Mudge leaving Twitter and basically telling everyone it's a dumpster fire over there, folks, that there's no way that if you're looking at if you're looking at fog data services, there no, there's no way that their security is like rock solid. It just can't be. Well, the other thing oh. like you have to bear in mind is it's it's one thing when it's available theoretically. Oh, the, the NSA can do this. The Fort Meade, they have 10 million servers. It's another thing when you can purchase it for like sub 10K a year. Like that's yeah. like super cheap. That's like that's within the budget of every law enforcement department in the United States. And easily. they're setting their pricing so they right. can make it in the budget yes. of every law it's, enforcement. It's, it's not agency. like, yes, it's not like, oh, this is a Blackhawk helicopter that some police station can buy for like $10 million. This is like everyone can have this and it's right. not hard to use. No, and the story mentions it too, that that's what local law enforcement groups are doing. And and the, the other that other tool, Clearview AI, that was able to go through and scrape all of the social media posts for pictures, create a, you know, face type signature and then say, oh, we've seen them in these other data sources in these in these places. Law enforcement is doing this not just because it's affordable, but because it's faster. They it's don't have to go through all the warrants and all the legal things that we count on uh, as citizens. They don't have to. They can and I guarantee you it. the false positive rate is absurd. Like, like what was it? Cost? Th- when you when you have something like this, how do you cut costs? Yeah, you false positive quality yeah. of your data. Yeah. And I mean, like, dude, there was the classic one where like the Amazon facial recognition, they ran through like all the Congress fa- headshots and they were like 70% of them were matched as criminals. Yeah. Probably so. 70% of them were criminals at some point. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a false positive. <laughs> maybe it wasn't. It just see, got see, John, I was staying apolitical. Good. They're all criminals. 
I'm cool with that. I'll roll with that. Absolutely. I I think we can do that. (laughs) You'd be one of those people. I make fun of political parties equally across the spectrum. (laughs) There's one thing my poli sci degree taught me is that they're all lying bastards. Um, So, (laughs) is that your thesis? All all politicians. I went in and I was just basically like, it sucks. All of it. No one. You can't trust any. They're like, congratulations, you passed. I'm like, what? Here, have a cigarette and a beer. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the club. We're degree. all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Here's <laughs> have a packet. You know, all right. So, the problem with the privacy thing, though, it goes back to the foundation of our country. I mean, it goes all the way back. Think about the fact that voter, voter registrations are public. Now, back 250 years oh, no, ago. No joke. That made sense because the record was this, you know, leather book with vellum that lived inside the house or the main office and you had to actually take the whole thing but now, now in the online. digital age yeah you can fit everything on a thumb drive and you know so yeah we've got political action groups have been using this data for targeted advertisement they know where you live where you work how many animals you have whether you're a dog person a cat person the names of all your children and you know it's it's not that this is this is something that we have to address in terms of ethics as a society and it's beyond just law enforcement it's beyond just political action groups it's bigger and we need to define as a society what is private and what is public and and where do we get to do that and uh, some very so I, interesting I, science fiction books have tackled this in the past. But I, I really think about this, like how we're starting right now with this conversation. And I sometimes wonder, is this how a budding young Alex Jones started? I'm wondering, is that, is that the end state? Like where, where we like get really paranoid, we get other people paranoid and we're like, F it, I can make lots of money off of this paranoia. Is that? <laughs> They're is that tracking me, Strand. They're tracking me with the sun. <laughs> <bottoms, laughs> and- <laughs> I, and I, I will like say, I would like to take this point. I'd like to uh, introduce you all to our new protein powder, uh, <laughs> Power X Fifty Two. It's laced with uh, electrolytes that block the signals. That's what plants grow. So, I mean, there <laughs> is along without coughing. So to bring it back from the uh, Mister Jones discussion, there is a bill on the floor in the Senate that's like, or someone has proposed that would basically ban data brokers from selling location data or find them for doing it. Like this is already hitting like legislation. And it's one of those things like companies, it, I mean, it's, I'm, you know, government needs right. to tell companies you can't sell people's stuff. You can't, you can't do this and monetize this without their consent or without like paying them or whatever it is that they're, these boundaries are already being set because the politicians realize that they're on the chopping block too. Yep. It's not just, it, it cuts yeah. both ways. But what, I can look at Ted Cruz's search no. history at some point. I don't what kind of, know what I mean. What kind of cyber Pearl Harbor would it exactly. take for yeah, that, I mean, for, for them to stop it? That's the thing. It's not, I know they're not going to stop it unless something gnarly happens they get rants like it's just like a well, the problem is our politicians can, yeah. don't realize yeah, they're already people don't buy cybersecurity people don't buy cybersecurity teams 
before something happens. You could go on LinkedIn and start looking at who's hiring cybersecurity people and maybe guess they had a breach recently or something. It's going to be oh, exactly yeah, the same point. for this. Oh, thing. You don't. You don't think that our yeah. people are already being targeted by Pegasus? They probably no, I, they just don't realize it, right? Oh, no, like I they, they probably <laughs> just I, don't know. I don't think the cyber Pearl Harbor thing, like I, one that that, that I love yeah, you like it. So many, but, right? but on, on right. Right? I don't think that's ever going to change it because if we can have the office of what is it the the uh, escaped my brain just as I was thinking personnel uh, management personnel management. Yeah. Uh, that does all the background checks Got for everyone's top secret get completely breached, and no one and, cares. And yet nobody goes. Wait a minute, this data that we might no no we implemented certifications yeah, it's for not that. Gonna, okay, it's there's make that argument a lot of times in conversation. Is I I came from I worked for Equifax for five years just after the breach. I went there a month after they announced publicly uh, wow. that the breach actually happened. Uh, I worked my worked my way in, in security. It's actually how I kind of switched into security uh, completely, but. Uh, every person would come up to me and, and ask, you know, tons of questions, obviously about, about Equifax and all that stuff. I was like, have you guys ever heard of the OPM breach? I've used to, I was a government contractor. I, I, I did work. My information's in there. And so not only my information, one of them, my right. parents' information everywhere. I've lived for 10 years, uh, any points of contacts to verify all of that, like all, all that's gone. So you talk right. about Equifax and a little bit of information, but if you take I, like, Collection number one and cross that with the OPM data, you have an actionable list of targets that you can really, you know, press. And, and that includes and every of the SF86s, you have, oh, by the way, all the things they could potentially be bribed with. Like, yep. mm-hmm. oh man, they've got all this debt. I wonder if a hundred thousand dollars would buy yep. those nuclear secrets. Yep. Sure mm-hmm. would. They can hunt for a bargain. <laughs> you know, so it's gonna happen. Is the it's gonna have to be breach. With the with the OPM thing, like that was like you know that my data was in there, right? Mm-hmm. They also had data on my spouse, they had data on my wife, and all that, and that used to bother me quite a bit. And then I saw the Navy release on Facebook their promotions and who got promoted to what rank, specifically what their role in the Navy was and what their command was. And if you know the specific groups to look for. You can find all of the special forces people in the Navy and the other branches do this too. And it's all publicly released. So you can mm-hmm. say, here's all the special forces people. Here is specifically where they live. Here's their names. Here's their rank. And we're giving that crap away. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it is a security risk. There's no question about it. But it's interesting to me how whenever we brought that up in the past in the military, people are like, this is just an opportunity for us to go through and you know celebrate these people's accomplishments. You're putting them at risk. And there are literally people that have been confronted with the decision to not release this information publicly, and they still decide to do it. And that's the thing that blows my mind is you can make the connections right for people and say, if you release this, here's a whole bunch of like SEALs or operators and all these different people. And now I know where they are. I know their names. I know what they're doing. And now we can start tracking their travel. We can start checking passports at different places to find out what operations they're working on. And people at higher ranks in government have been told this is a problem. And they're like, nah, but it makes me feel good to put that information on Facebook. That, Johnny that, nailed it. Yeah. More, more likely than not, they just don't understand what the actual impact is. They, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're writing laws of, without the expertise of understanding what this real impact is, yeah. and they think that if they cannot understand it and and web it all together to make it actionable mm-hmm. themselves, that it simply is not a problem. Do you? Okay. And, and I, I, think, I think that Chris has got 
is on point with that. Plus, I think that there's a level of desensitization, desensitive. Desensitizing. No, I can't say it. <laughs> That's they're desensitizing right us. Yeah, they're desensitizing the world. I mean, you look at how Thank often you, all these breaches have been mentioned, and each one it gets a little bit less and less. And you talk to the everyday people, you talk to the politicians. It's yeah, this is a problem, but so much of the state is out there already. So what's the big deal at this point? So, so I, remember, I remember it, the like, scene about the, Equifax. Is that a cyber Pearl Harbor? No. Okay. What about target? OPM. No, no, no yeah. OPM. No, nope. I think someone's so going to have to do it. No one gives a shit. No, no. So yeah, here's what you have to do. Remember, remember the scene in Parks and Rec where she's like, you know, oh, you, here, she explains cookies. And then she's like, go type in your address on Google Maps. And then he just throws the computer in the garbage. We, yep. Here's what we need to yep. do. Take politicians. Take them to fog data science. Say, type in your little niece that you love so much. Type in her name on here. Oh, oh. Okay, right. I understand now. I will pass the like. You know what I mean. You have to right. like bring awareness because there's a certain threshold where once something gets easy enough, it starts to be abused, right? Like well, you can, like you have to show people like not only is this easy to do, it's cheap, and here let's make it personally relevant for you. Who is someone that you care about? Their information is all here. So is there's this nothing, is, like, is this security operation? Is this security's fault then? Because we're not correctly so. communicating risk and ability no no, to no it's not even I'm a security thing it's not, because i don't think it's, so, no, no, no. it's, it's, it's not it's even good, security it's a good thought exercise i think right? it is um I, yeah. I don't think i don't think so it's because privacy. if you're looking at all this stuff like i said we're not testing it like this is a whole layer of computer security we're not talking about cons we're not dealing with it and like there's a whole bunch of people running like wild with these data brokers and it's frankly just terrifies the hell out of me uh, yeah. on it because the, I, I don't know. The I thing that I want you to ask is what is, what's the legitimate purpose that these groups and organizations actually serve by giving this aggregating and giving this information away? Just what money. is the non horribly scary tinfoil hat? Capital, well, capitalism. you find DB Cooper, you find DB Cooper. He jumps out of a plane to the world. Well, like I take <laughs> the data from these brokers and I take it to the breakers. What is it? you say you do here well i sell it to these people <laughs> yeah. are they good people well, no no they don't so scary i'm a thing data about it person i'm a data person a, yeah you go to have a been pwned you put in your email address i'll bet you half the things that pop up there if you're part of breaches you don't even know is if your email's been around it's not half of it might be actual companies you recognize the other half is just data aggregators yeah. and they do not care about security themselves They'll get breached with something they just made public and they made it openly available. And that's a breach to them because they didn't even probably think to have security involved in how things were designed. Anytime I sign up for something, I just use John's email. What? (laughs) That explains a lot. So here's the solution. You want to know what the solution is? It's dead simple. All the data, the data aggregators pull needs to be protected at the same level as HIPAA data. It needs to be treated as PHI. As soon as you do that, this data cannot be sold without having very, very good reasons. Like, look at healthcare information and hospitals were completely locked down and what they could do with this data. And mm. it's simple. It could be like one line in a law. It's like all data aggregation that can be used to identify a particular individual or device which shall be treated as PHI. And it should be because if somebody has like, all of my browsing history, they know all the websites that I go to, they know where I walk, they know how I exercise. Honestly, that is PHI. Once we get that classified and put underneath HIPAA, 
I think that we've solved this, but we've also ran a large number of companies, like like very large companies, out of business very quickly. Yes, it would be it would be disruptive. That's what I was about to say. That that one line that treat it treat it like HIPAA data would essentially kill those organizations because right. they yeah. just will. That's how they make money. They sell it. That's their only business is selling that data. And if they yeah. can't, we'll just go away. Yeah, half the well, Silicon Valley would a- just dry up immediately. Mm-hmm. Being a stupid American, how is this stuff covered underneath GDPR? It's not GDPR. personally identifiable information. Yeah, as long as it, they don't have the identifier possible. of like your name. Look at the, yeah, um, look at the look at the Fog Data Science article that specifically says um of course they claim we don't collect personalized data. We <laughs> yeah. like you know, it's like, for the police. Anonymized data is super useful to the police when they're trying to use it for investigation. Right. They don't. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's that's not, Noah, you weird. just nailed it. It's like, well, it's not personally identifiable information, right. but you can totally use it to find the suspects you're looking for. Exactly. Yes. How did yeah. we? Yeah. It's like, it's like we smelled marijuana on the internet. <laughs> it's like, why'd you pull them over? Uh, I, got I, heard, some- I heard something screaming from the trunk. I got some um, good I stories want to about to another story. I want to get a couple more stories in because like I think it's funny how Wade is like, I don't want to sound crazy or anything. And quickly it's like, where are your people? In the privacy hey. battles, like you yeah, all sound so, crazy. It's just it's so, how it goes. The next story well, is pretty much self-explanatory. Oh, I, yeah, I want to move off this because I think this is crazy too, because we're talking about solutions and we'll probably be right back to the same thing. So Bronwyn, hold that thought. Ireland fined Instagram a record $400 million for children's data, basically focused on users between the ages of 13 and 17 who were allowed to operate business accounts, which facilitated the publication of phone numbers and email addresses of kids. That's getting to the point, you know, we usually joke about how, oh, there's no teeth in a lot of these fines when it's like $10 million. $400 million is not chump change. Hmm. Or is it for Meta or it, well, for Facebook? Yeah. It'll get appealed and knocked down to, okay, well, your people still want to use Instagram, so I'll give you a little discount. Right. But so this is interesting. It does say that it was because child users were allowed to operate business accounts with... <laughs> <laughs> which, which automatically publishes the user's phone number and email. <laughs> Man, those lemonade stands. You're, you're, you're 13, you're signing up for your first lemonade stand. You're like, what, what email should I use? <laughs> yeah, this lemonade my- stand is a service. You know, that's not, you got to get lemonade, it at the top yeah. level. This lemonade stand, uh, well, I have to monetize mm-hmm. it, so I got to use my email and my phone. Yeah, I like yeah. ethical hacker, nuke them. Every country should sue their asses all the way across the board. <laughs> supposedly it's like 117 billion annual. So, you know, I mean, 400 million will get negotiated down to, you know, a little you in, know, slap in the, and tickle in the boardroom. In the same article, record. though, it no, says that WhatsApp got fined 225 million euros for something yeah, around the same. And, and did they pay it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. As we talk. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's you know like what I heard in a completely unrelated thing. Meta just released that the price of per click and eyeball advertisement is going to go up by 10 to 20 percent next year. In <laughs> just like only that. in Ireland. So yeah, right. only in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you if you use the Irish flag in your profile, you will get 30 percent less hits. They just Hold like on. bias everything against wow. Irish people because they reported them. <laughs> All right, next story. We'll move on for that one. This one, this one makes me angry, um, and I think one of the reasons why it makes me angry is I feel like 
and this is wrong. I know that this is like looking at the past with rose colored glasses, but I feel like hackers used to at least have some type of like, like lines they would not cross. In this particular story, the FBI Secret Service are working with Kentucky. Uh, there's a $4 million cyber crime against the federal rent assistance and housing funds oh. in Kentucky that was stolen. So this is like literally taking money from people who can't afford houses. And I don't know, am I looking at like, does it seem like the groups are getting a little bit nastier now? Like there's lines they won't cross. Like they, There's no lines they won't cross. Like they'll go after hospitals. They'll go after this. It used to be like, I don't know. It seems to me like it used to be better. And I know that that's probably wrong. I think it's no. um, the skills, yeah, I, the skills, the skill level to perform these attacks, right? Is slowly, slowly and dropping. And so more and more criminals are able. And with a larger variety of pool of criminals, you're going to get more ones who are probably less heartless. That's, oh, well, that's so my I first think thought on it. But it's I mean, business email awesome. compromise. You really think they even knew what it was? Hell yeah, no. They're just exactly like they, they're just like, oh, we popped an email from an Office 365 spray. What do we do? I don't know. Ask them for money. Okay, cool. Move on. Like I doubt they're like Google them. Figure out what they do. No, they're just like, okay, thanks. Please send money to this bank account. Okay, moving on. Like I, when I they mean, spray that's, things like that, it's a numbers game for them, right? If they get yeah. a hit, they're probably just moving on. But I lost all all faith in any sort of moral restriction of attackers when you see all of the increases of attacks like following tragic tragic events right like yeah. after oh a hurricane God, even even outside of the, the cybersecurity world just organizations and you know donations and charity things that pop up that are complete false i'm surprised you had faith. in the wake of these things it's just i don't I'm think surprised it's, you had faith says as, as a blue teamer right like i have no faith in anything i've seen <laughs> everything like <laughs> you name it with an email oh joe's dog oh a pup no before has a really good one where it's like puppies uh someone lost their puppy and has a picture of the puppy and yeah this is the only one my wife fell for so she but the attackers have yeah. no like I'd, I, you'd like to think that maybe they did in the heyday when, when there's no honor up, among no, thieves this, yes like, there you go does, that's exactly it, it doesn't matter yeah. it, it doesn't like at the end of the day whoever like because we know this from history when you steal from people the only people who lose are people like you the banks don't pay like it's either the care. government pays or like we end up paying like when law enforcement gets sued the taxpayers pay the bit ba- payouts it's not like it comes out of the policeman's salary like if they go beat someone up in an alley and they have to pay two mil for that it's us that pay it it's like so of course like at the end of the day you can track ethics of thieves or whatever but the truth is if you're willing to steal you're stealing from your brother or your sister you're not stealing from like the bad there's no robin hood basically is what i'm saying because the rich or whoever powerful people have figured out how to make it so like robin hood redirects down to you like yeah <laughs> ransomware it's the, robin it's hood. The privatize mm, the profits the socialize the risks model exactly yep. social yep. yes exactly yeah so way, like but- so i so you know on this because i you know we're talking about this being a business email compromise and you were talking about how this they didn't look at the organization and figure out what they were the next story that i do want to talk about is directly about that um that i think is interesting and this is basically a new ransomware group that literally does do that um it's not completely automated but they're they're apparently and i wanted to get wade's take on this because he's plugged into this stuff pretty well 
Um, but basically, they actually do gain access. Real human beings are going through and spreading through the network, identifying where the most valuable data and critical machines are, um, using living off the land binaries to do this. So it looks to me, seriously, and they even have ways to counter endpoint and detection and response tools. It looks to me like this is a ransomware group that is literally using red team tactics. Yeah, uh, not just automated, not just using the same thing. Like they're literally a very well trained group of people doing oh, these. Oh no, types they're of using Go ransomware. I wrote one of those. <laughs> yeah. on there. Oh god, be careful. The guy at Brut with Tell will make fun of your ransomware because it's large because it's written in Go. <laughs> this but. is where uh, this is where I believe like the CISS CIS top twenty like number one like inventory knowing your inventory and having a great baseline of your network comes into play, right? If you yeah. like one of the one of my big projects is like maybe I should is tracking lull bins across. Like what do we actually use? What can I just deny throughout the entire organization? And then every now and then there's a program that comes in. It's like, no, we actually use that. And I'm like, oh, well, now I have to turn now, it on again. Did you but, see what did you see what sub T <laughs> released in Canary Tokens, Wade? Yeah, uh, yes, I did see that. So sub T, let's actually just bring that up. Uh sub T released uh canarytokens.org. I mean Go ahead and do this. If you go to Canary Tokens, and I'll share the link with everybody, and Ryan will get that out. Um, he added new Canary Tokens where you could create a Canary Token sensitive command token. So if somebody uses a specific LOL bin that isn't normally used, it'll generate, if you can click select your token, Ryan, uh, click the down arrow on select your token, and then right there you got sensitive command token. It creates a registry key entry watching for a particular process to run um, for a specific defined executable. And when it uh, when it triggers, um, you will actually get a notification on it, so you can monitor these processes. So I think that that was a, that's a creative way of dealing with some of these things, right? Because you're right. You can't just say we're gonna we're gonna block who am I? Yeah, because uh, there's literally yeah. administrative PowerShell <laughs> yeah. scripts that yeah. do just that thing. I think then that's, and that just comes down to baselining. Like I said, like knowing like Palo Alto, the, whatever their VPN uses, who am I in it all the time? Right. You can, so you have to yeah. baseline your network, but it's, and I mean, it's an uphill and battle constantly. And then you have to constantly evolve. I think one thing that we don't talk about is the maintenance of detections, right? No one really talks about how yeah. you have to constantly everybody, tune and change and possibly just completely the, get rid of the this alert that you created and maybe took everybody hours. That's, that's something that's kind of rough and something that pulls on my heartstrings a it's lot not. that oh, I can't use this detection anymore. It catches it. Yeah, I, I've run into that myself. Yeah. yeah they think, I mean, they think defense is one is one and done and defense just like the offense is constantly having to evolve. The amount of time I spend per day working on detections and going over my detections and every week or two double checking my detections is just <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. I think I think the thing I like most about this story though is we've hit a ransomware arc where now they're ransomware hipsters that are bespoke and artisanal <laughs> and they're going in and they're hand crafting in the environment. These are the vinyl yeah. hackers. Yeah. I was going to say, this This makes me feel really good because a lot of people always complain like, red teaming isn't realistic. It's not, they don't even do what we do. Like, the, you know, it's not a real thing. Like, we real attackers do totally different stuff. But no, I mean, this attacker is doing basically just a pen test plus ransomware. So, yeah. I mean, literally years ago, I wrote a Golang ransomware for a client that was like, 
we want to test our ransomware detections at Rotogolang Ransomware. It worked like a charm. I was like, someone's going to figure this out eventually. Like, so it's like it's edification for me as a red teamer that like maybe these are just red teamers gone wrong. Hopefully they're not, but like it does show that real attackers are using tools, techniques, procedures that we use in pen tests. And it's not just like, Oh no, all they do is like PS exec and uh, you know, done like, <laughs> so, so the bottom that. line is Corey's message is pay okay. your red teamers. Well, so they don't turn <laughs> okay. for all organizations well. out there. Pay them. Well, give your hackers hell. They slowly go by. All right. <laughs> all right. Corey, Corey, Chris, thanks. Sorry. I've been singing <laughs> through my intro to SOC class. I'm burnt out. It's been a lot of, a lot of training. All right. I want to say thank you all for coming as usual. And uh, if you're going to try to take something from this that we can all learn from, we're all screwed. It's doomed. Um, but Pack it if in. you can join us uh, for the, for the great filter, um, we're going to have another episode of this next week where we discuss the coming downfall of mankind. So thank you very much for joining, and we can't wait to see you. On, <laughs> but Bronwyn, Bronwyn has lightsabers, so it's okay. Bronwyn's, Bronwyn's, yep. Bronwyn knows. I'm probably not joking. She's read enough books. She knows. So with that, everybody, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. Thanks.